Welcome to our second Unconstrained Conversation episode where we explore the great outdoors. This week, we're going camping with Darren Uselman, Vice President of Franchise Services for Campgrounds of America Incorporated, also known as KOA. You have probably seen the yellow KOA signs at one point or the other, pointing to one of their approximately 500 campsites in the US and Canada. Darren and I talk about the all-important recovery in the drive-to-leisure market this summer, database decision-making, and the research pointing to and confirming a changed consumer landscape. Another pretty optimistic conversation given the current circumstances. All right, another episode of the Unconstrained Conversations today. Um, we have a continuation of our conversation about the great outdoors and uh, the changes of uh, customer demand and customer needs for the summer. We this uh, this week we're going camping or glamping or anything in between, I guess, uh, with uh, KOA Campgrounds of America. And um, I'm uh, very very pleased to have uh, Darren Uselman on the phone with me. Darren is um, has a very illustrious background. Uh, uh, he obviously works with uh, KOA right now. And um, before that, he was with um, uh, GE, and uh, he's also a, a golf uh, professional, if I understand that right. Is that correct? That is correct. You've summarized that well, Klaus. <laughs> and uh, right now, you're the Vice President of Franchise Services. And, and KOA, um, give me a little bit of an overview about KOA for people that have never heard of it, which I think would be very few because it's pretty ubiquitous in, in the market. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, we we serve uh, approximately 525 markets. That's so we we have 525 locations across North America. Uh, about 490 of those markets are here in the United States, and in 35 are are uh, to our neighbors to the north in Canada. Um, we've been around since 1962. So uh, you know, our first KOA uh, here in Billings, Montana, uh, is about 58 years old now, which is which is really neat and. We'll be celebrating our 60th anniversary here in just a short couple of years. So our international headquarters are located here in, in Billings. And, and um, that's where, where this, this whole story began with, uh, with the wonderful yellow sign and, and what has been kind of become to be known as a, a beacon of light for that, uh, that RV traveler and, and, and the road tripper, you know, looking for places to, to get off the road and, and really enjoy the great outdoors and, and everything that KOA has to offer. Yeah, it's great. I think uh, KOA is one of those, as you said, uh, very, very indicated that yellow sign. Uh, I, I think a lot of people that are, are familiar with that, I don't think there's too many people who don't know what KOA is or what it stands for. Most of your uh, campgrounds or all of them are franchised, I understand, or, or uh, independently owned, let's call it that. Uh, that is that is correct, Klaus. Yeah, we have, uh, of, of the 525, uh, uh, for easy math purposes, we have about 30 company-owned properties and then about 495 franchise locations. Okay, great. So tell me a little bit about the, the current situation at KOA. Um, I, I know it kind of must be quite uh, uh, quite challenging. And um, how is it going at the moment? And, and what are you uh, predicting or what are you seeing for the next couple months? Um, you know, a lot of people are talking about revenge tourism. Drive locations seem to be in very high demand. The great outdoors, everyone talks about that. People just want to get out. You know, they've been locked down or locked up for a while. And seems seems to be camping, glamping, uh, KOA, uh, perfectly positioned to take an advantage of that. So how how is your status right now and what are you seeing for the next couple of months? 
Yeah, sure. You know, I, th- I think the first thing that I, I kind of want to talk about is, you know, I think we all need to uh, be honest with ourselves about, you know, the jurisdictional restrictions that mm-hmm. obviously we've seen across North America, you know, and as, and as I, you know, as we kind of chat today, KOA is open and operating and, you know, in some capacity throughout all of the United States and Canada, uh, you know, in the United States, all of the states where we do have locations, uh, they're now allowing short-term, you know, transient leisure business, which is really exciting for us. And that certainly is a change, you know, if you just look back, uh, you know, a, a couple, you know, really about a month ago, you know, um, a lot of those restrictions began to be lifted. Uh, we still have some capacity constraints, you know, in, in certain jurisdictions where we may, may be limited to, to 50% capacity and things of that nature. Uh, and other counties are, are a little more restrictive, but but by and large, you know, all of our United States locations are now accepting both long-term and short-term business, which is really exciting. Uh, you know, shifting a little bit into Canada, um, we had another domino fall last week on Friday. Uh, Ontario is obviously a pretty large camping presence, uh, you know, for our brand. And uh, fortunately, they were finally able to get open last Friday, which which certainly will alleviate some pressure and allow some you know, some much needed camping and, and, and revenue for the, for the businesses there. Um, the only re- remaining restrictions we're really seeing in Canada is just some, you know, uh, provinces are limiting the camping uh, to just their residents. And so there's not necessarily, you know, province to province travel. Uh, but, but the good news is, again, short and long-term business are, are open up there in Canada. You know, the next thing I would say, Klaus, is uh, bookings are consistently outpacing cancellations. And that delta that we're seeing, um, you know, between those those trend lines continues to widen, which is really exciting. You know, we could look back just a, a couple months ago, you know, and that wouldn't have been the case. Uh, we've kind of lasered in on April 10th as being the first day where bookings began to once again eclipse cancellations, and that trend uh, continues to improve steadily. So, you know, from a demand perspective, uh, people are booking, which is wonderful, uh, and we're really pleased that obviously we gained our foothold. Uh, with all of our reservations. And then I would say, obviously, as, as bookings get stronger, you know, the intent to camp is, is kind of summarized nicely in our advanced deposits. And, and those have um, really started to come back close to our 2019 levels. Wow. You know, if you look at the, yeah, if you look at the first couple of years, uh, or the first couple of years, the first couple of months uh, of 2020, uh, you know, we, we saw a nice double digit increase. And then obviously, uh, you know, when COVID hit, uh, the decline was fast and furious as anybody would have experienced in any business, and especially in hospitality. Um, so it's taken a long time, uh, but we are starting to see those those advanced deposits come back in in good fashion. Uh, and as we talk today, um, you know we're only about only down about eleven percent right now on that. So certainly the intent to ca- uh, to camp is is coming back, and we feel that that's a very good indicator uh, for things to come here over the next couple months. Uh, and then the last thing I would say is, you know each week, um, we're, we're continuing to see stronger uh, registration revenues, which is which is terrific. Obviously, our parks are open, which which as anybody would know, it's pretty obvious that it certainly will help. Uh, but just in the past week, we saw a 1.2% increase in our short-term business uh, with every one of our short-term categories improving. So that would be RVs, lodging, and tents. Uh, Memorial Day was a little bit soft. You know, we were down about 30%, but uh, the very next week, we actually had more check-ins than we did over Memorial Day weekend, which is excellent. Uh, and then just this last week, we were within 5% of the same week back in 2019. Um, you know, so there's there's certainly some optimism and and uh, and really good signs of demand, uh, you know, for our product and, and just people wanting to connect with the outdoors. And that's what we do best. 
Those brilliant statistics. Thanks a lot, Darren. <clears throat> I really kind of want to pick up on a couple of the points that you mentioned. The first one that really surprised me was the advanced purchase. Um, yeah, everyone in the industry is talking about hotel companies, you know, have moved away from advanced purchase because people don't want to lock themselves in and they want to keep the flexibility and with all the uncertainty around us, you know, important to stay flexible and don't, don't, you know, advanced purchase kind of the last thing that people want to do. But it seems that you're saying your travelers and your customer base doesn't really mind having advanced purchases in place. Um, that's, that's, that's amazing. It is. Uh, we feel very fortunate in that regard, certainly, because it, it certainly helps from a predictability standpoint. Um, you know, I, I would I, I would say that uh, the booking window on on those advanced deposits um, is much narrower than what yeah. we normally would experience. So, you know, where we may we may be looking at a pace, you know, uh, you know, a month or two out, and and feel like we're on a good pace to to where we were last year or to our plan. You know, this year that would wouldn't be the case. We would be behind pace maybe on a two month on a two month look, but then as that window narrows into that one to fourteen, you know, that one week to fourteen days prior to check in, that's really where we're seeing that that pace accelerate and and starting to reach, like I mentioned before, you know, close to two thousand nineteen levels, which is really exciting. Right, right. So you do see the you do you do confirm the trend of the shortening booking window that everyone's talking about. Uh, so even in your area, that's very true. That's correct. And, and I think, I think you kind of alluded to it, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty still, yeah. you know, and, and uh, you know, all, all the leisure travels or travelers are really looking for that flexibility. And so I think, I think you're seeing that in the booking window for sure. Yeah. I just feel that talking to friends and family, like everyone just wants to get out. Everyone wants to be in nature. Everyone wants to go on hikes. Right. And, and people do even within my, my circle of, uh, of friends and family, everyone makes very last minute, last minute decisions. I know about at least two or three people that, just in the seven days, said, "Okay, I'm 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 taking a trip, you know, next week, not in ne not next month, um, and I'm just going somewhere, and I'll go into the mountains or hang out, um, hang out in nature." So has your has your so a forecasting must be a really big challenge right now because it's all shortened and becoming more more unstable, uncertain, and then has your your approach to the market or your your strategies changed in terms of how you're positioning yourself and how you are. Are you talking to your customers? Yeah, let me let me take the first one first there, uh, more on kind of the forecasting. I, I think you're right, you know, certainly from an outlook and a projection standpoint, it's you know, it's 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 you have to be a little more agile and a little more nimble, you know, certainly in kind of how you're looking at that. Um, I do want to say though that I think, you know, camping specifically, uh, you had kind of mentioned revenge travel a, a minute ago. Um yeah, I think we do have pent up demand uh, for our product for sure. You know, we did a we came out with a, a research article uh, at the end of April, and there's really great enthusiasm around road trips and camping. In fact, 41% of campers say they still plan to take their 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 planned camping trips, which is which is terrific. Uh, and many are actually starting to say that they're they're replacing other planned trips with camping. So I think you know that that's really helping feed our, our our projections and at least some of the confidence we have. One other really cool statistic is that a third uh, of non-campers, people who have never camped before, are interested in camping for the first time this year. Um, you know, and I think I think when you look at both the campers and the non-campers, what what they're saying resoundedly is that um, they feel camping is a safe way to recreate. You know, it, it was the top of their list. 
uh, on their views for the safest types of travel when the restrictions are lifted. So we certainly think that, you know, there's a lot of good potential there uh, with that market, just in what what the sentiment we're receiving from the campers and the non-campers might be. Um, I would say one other thing on the forecast side, you know, on a macro level, we do look at a lot of, uh, you know, industry statistics relative to RVs. And, and I would say that the, you know, the, the manufacturing shipments obviously slowed because plants were closed in March and April, but their forecast at the end of the year still remains positive. And when those, when the RBIA, the industry is talking to the dealers, you know, the dealers are, are definitely coming back and saying that, uh, you know, people are coming out to buy RVs for the first time, which, which is fantastic. And certainly for a company like ours, where, you know, 80% of our businesses uh, is RV related. That's certainly music to our ears. And again, gives us a little bit of confidence. And the last thing I would say on the forecast side is uh, in the shared economy, there's a lot of rental companies out there. And uh, on May 13th, a company called RV Share actually announced that it had seen a 650% increase in its RV rental booking since April. So, you know, I think all this really ties together for a lot of enthusiasm for the industry in general. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to sound the flag like everything is going back to normal because, you know, there's certainly uncertainty, you know, looming around the corner and we don't know what the virus is going to do, but, you know, we'll stay vigilant. We'll keep watching these macro indicators and, uh, you know, adjust any setbacks that may occur depending upon some of those changing conditions. So. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and road trip definitely, you know, again, I know of a couple of people that have just, you know, gotten into their car in the last few days and, and even yep. some cross country trips, maybe in the past that would have flown. Now they're just uh, on the road and they, they spend some time, you know, camping along the way or, or, um, uh, you know, it would have been maybe a couple hours flight earlier. Now it's a three day, it's a three day trip. So that definitely bodes well for you and, uh, and the business that you're in. It's, it's great to hear that there's some pockets of optimism in the travel industry. There's not many, but, uh, you guys seem to be really well positioned, um, which is great. And, and, uh, I, so, so you're expecting kind of a, a, um, obviously lower results than 2019, but the gap doesn't seem to be that, uh, significant in the end. Hopefully. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I'll be honest. I, I, I mean, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't say that March and April hurt um, a lot, sure. you know, and even sure. even the first part of May. Yeah, I, I, the Delta is too big to, to recover that for the year. But, um, yeah. you know, obviously, we, we certainly hope to uh, to lessen that as much as possible. Um, you know, hopefully the demand continues to stay strong and we can continue to remain open. Mm -hmm. And then obviously, you know, like any business is doing just, you know, good expense management and, and really, you know, watching watching everything we can to make sure that we're feeding the bottom line the best way possible. So, and that's a resounding theme I'm hearing not only from our company, but, uh, you know, from our franchise locations as well. Yeah. Yeah. So over the last eight weeks, um, kind of in terms of leadership and, and, um, and personal experiences, uh, what, what are, what have you taken away from, uh, the, the crisis that we've all been through and, and your key learnings, um, uh, of, of leading, I guess, your team and leading the organization through the, through the, through the last eight weeks. Yeah, um, KOA's mission is connecting people to the outdoors and to each other. Mm -hmm. And I would say, I would say one of the the key things that we focused on very early as a leadership team was was just rallying around a very clear message and being very transparent and open and honest with all of our stakeholders. Right. So whether that was our employees or our franchise partners um, or our campers, you know, I think I think our mantra. Uh, in the spirit of that mission became very simple. We, we needed to take care of the people first and we need to be extremely transparent in how we did that. 
And then as those kind of, you know, footholds were, were secured, then we really started focusing on the business, you know, and, and then obviously making, making key adjustments along the way. So, you know, I, I always focus with my team on, on the what, the so what, and the now what. And so, you know, as we were trying to articulate a very clear message on, on as things began to open and how we might be able to reboot camping in a very safe and effective way, um, you know, really focusing on those three things uh, was, was really a simple way for us to put together an operations guide that really enabled our, our franchisee and our, and our, and our parks to, um, you know, demonstrate how they could open responsibly in consideration of jurisdictional challenges they might be facing or, um, or CDC guidance and things of that nature. So, you know, I think that message of taking care of people first, putting that safety first, telling our franchisees about it, telling our employees about it, and then obviously telling our campers was, was huge in really being able to launch and reboot uh, camping in that vein. Um, I know that's I know that's really simple, but but sometimes simple just works the best. Um, I would say this: the second thing is, you know, I, I don't know that we've ever had to react uh, to economics so quickly, and and so, you know, things that were <laughs> things that you might have thought about turning on from a marketing perspective before, um, you know, didn't make sense, you know, and 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 being able to change that that strategy and that creative really quickly was, was so important. You know, an example of that might be. Um, you know, people are really looking to, to, to camp at a much more local level, you know, so, so sending a geographic message across the company or, or the country, you know, to a market that might be a thousand miles away might not have made sense, you know? Mm-hmm. So we really had to be nimble and kind of change that strategy to be really, really focused uh, on delivering that message. And I would say that the other thing is, you know, small groups um, are going to be much more prevalent, right? The the larger groups is just not something. So, you know, going out with a marketing message that that might normally have been, you know, 10 people having a lot of fun is now, you know, a more intimate experience with two to four people, you know? So kind of kind of really just being able to adapt and pivot in, in that messaging um, and, and really empowering the team to, to get the tools out to our franchisees to, to help them deliver that same message uh, what was huge from a leadership perspective. And, uh, I think really set us up for, for good success. And, and did you use a lot of data to drive those decisions or, or what, what, how did that come together, um, to the realization yeah. about, uh, the, the distance and the size of the group? I mean, these are very specific, you know, very targeted messages, right? So you must have, uh, you must have some really good insights into that. Yeah, you know that's a great point, and 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 yes, we do. Uh, we, we as part of our research that we did at the end of April, mm-hmm. you know, those were all questions that we wanted to have answered, so that as restrictions began to be lifted, you know, we could go with the right message and a responsible message, you know, where restrictions were in place and we might have been, um, you know, focused on on getting people to daydream about what their perfect camping trip might look like, you know, we didn't want to report, uh, promote something that was going to end up being tone deaf, right? Um, they, they can't go out, they're in shelter in place. But as those things changed and we got that research back, uh, you know, we realized that 70% of campers say they planned uh, to camp closer to home than they did before COVID-19. And many stated that they were willing to travel to less populous locations to avoid overcrowding. You know, so that was a really tight message that we could focus on. And then on the small groups, um, you know, this year in this survey, 31% said they would camp with only two people. You know, versus last year, 25% of the people said they would only camp with two people. And right. then conversely, 36% planned to camp with three to five people versus last year, 41%, right? So we could start to see that, you know, the, the sizing was getting a little more intimate and the shift was definitely moving from more of those 
you know, larger groups into kind of that smaller, more intimate experience. So, you know, we were able to line up a lot of our imagery to, to really, um, you know, take advantage of that. Yeah. I don't think anyone has talked to me yet about, uh, you know, having done very, very insightful research in, in, in the months of, um, March and April or April really, and then using that to drive your strategy. So that's, um, that, that's a brilliant move. Um, very well done. Um, and, uh, my last question, uh, Darren is, uh, we all talk about camping. I mean, you obviously live in a beautiful location in, in Montana, which is great. Uh, but do you have a do you have a favorite destination or a favorite campsite that uh, you'd like to go back to? Well, this is a tricky question, Klaus, because no. I have I have, <laughs> four, I have 495 franchisees that want me sure. to say their their location is the best. But um, I'll I'll, an, I'll answer on behalf of my kids. I think that's probably yeah, the, well, you the camp on the golf. This, but. Maybe you camp on the golf course. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Um, you know, I, I would say that uh, obviously all of our locations are fantastic, and they all have their own unique selling proposition. But um, you know, my my kids, I, I have I have twin eight year olds. And um, and they love to go down to see Mount Rushmore. So, um, you know, when we're looking for a you know a four or five hour getaway from from Billings, Montana, uh, it's not uncommon for us to to make that trek down there to to enjoy the Black Hills. And and we really love the hills; they're they're beautiful. So that is fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I'm, uh, being in being in Minnesota, Minneapolis, myself, uh, that's a that's a trip that I love to do as well. Going into the Black Hills and spending some time there. I know that area very well. Um, great great location and great place. Well, thank you very much, Darren, for your for your time, and thanks for sharing all the details. Great information. We'll we'll put the um, if the the research is publicly available that you did, or is it something that you did internally? That would be interesting if you did a press release or something to link that on our website when we release the um, uh, this episode of the podcast, so people can refer to that as well. Uh, we'll see if we can do that. Um, but I really appreciate your time and and your insights. It was great, and and it looks like. Um, uh, I know early, the, the early part of this year have, have been very difficult, but it looks like the rest of the year looks a little bit more positive, which is um, all we need at this moment. Yeah, positivity is certainly a good thing. Klaus, I appreciate your time as well. And I, I certainly, you know, uh, wish everyone good success and recovery, uh, you know, to all the listeners that are out there. So, yeah, and let's all go camping, right? <laughs> That's right. There you go. <laughs> Thank you, Darren. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope you found this episode valuable for your own business circumstances. Check out the show notes linked to the episode. Help more people in the industry find this podcast by sharing and rating. And don't forget to subscribe to the series wherever you listen to it.